Hey guys, welcome into College Sportscast. Tonight we have got a special episode for you. Um, we're going to be doing a special tribute episode to Coach Mike Leach. He has been at Mississippi State the past three years and had a stop at Texas and Washington State. And uh, earlier, either this morning, early this morning or late last night, he passed away in the hospital um, down in Starkville. So uh, we're going to do a little tribute to him. I've got the guys on with me. I've got Mason Cross on his phone. Um, so he's on with us tonight. And I've got John Roberts and John Hammonds. And uh, I'm going to start out the show by saying, find Inner Pirates. Yes, sir. So uh, with that, we got, our first, we got our first comment. With that, I'll say, I'll throw it to Hammonds. Um, we got our first comment. Coach Leach was a great coach and even better man. He will be dearly missed. Um, that's a fact. You know, I, I remember when Mike Leach came to Kentucky with Hal Mummy and, you know, started the air raid. Um, it was a fun offense to be in. Um, it ended up him being at stops at Texas Tech. Um, he was at Oklahoma at one point. Um, he was at Washington State. And then I believe he moved on to Mississippi State. And his interviews was, was something spectacular. You know, his halftime rants, his post-game rants, his pre-game rants. Um, I'll never forget, there was one time where they was playing Kentucky. It was a couple years back, and he played the air raid siren horn during the, the pre-game conference. And it was just it, it was just amazing to, you know, hear him speak about Kentucky and what they was doing. So, But my favorite moment of Michael Leach um, is when he spoke on the candy corn. Um, about the Halloween candy, that was probably one of my favorites. Him, and then he, he spoke on weddings. I think this was the one where he was at Washington State, where he was talking about them getting married, and that no matter what you did, the woman was never going to be happy the entire time. It just made me, you know, he didn't care what he said. He didn't care what 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 come out of his mouth. But the thing I love about Michael Lee was the fact that he was who he was. He never changed. He was always the same, regardless if you met him or, or didn't meet him. He was always the same day in and day out on his Twitter. He was always making jokes and, and putting things on there that was really funny. So we lost a really good man um, in Mike Leach. And at the end of the day, um, this is rock. The college football world, something fierce. And to me, he's a legend in my mind. And and that should tell you. And, you know, reading the stories all over Twitter about what different stories that he had with different coaches, players, shows me that the kind of impact that he had on college football. Speaking of that impact, um, his coaching tree and everything is affecting the game today in in ways that 
many people probably don't even realize, um, you know, so you, you look at some of the biggest players today, you know, Josh Heupel with Tennessee, uh, Hendon Hooker with Tennessee uh, this year and the job that they were doing, um, Lincoln Riley out at USC and his Heisman Trophy winner, Caleb Williams, they all are from Mike Leach coaching tree. So his impact on the game is way beyond what people think and his reach on the game. Uh, I'll throw this to Mason. Mason, Mike Leach completely changed the Big 12 forever. Do you agree with that statement? Mason, I don't know if you're on. Uh, he may not All be. All right, yeah. Yep. Yeah, he dropped out for a minute. He'll come back. He's on his phone. Yep. He says a, a truck cut through and ripped out his internet, so <laughs> I don't know. Said it lagged, said it, How about you, Rob? Lagged him out. All right. Uh, so there's a lot of things uh, about Mike Leach that uh, that the college football world is going to be missing. And I mean, the first and foremost, it's going to be the character of Mike Leach. Um, he was who he was. And the the person you saw in front of a mic on a for, for uh, you know, halftime questions or post game or SEC media days or anything like that was who he was. And, uh, I mean, just from all accounts, from everybody that knew him, from all the media people that interacted with him, that's just who he was. Um, one of the stories that, uh, that I'd heard today, um, and I'd heard this before, but this is just everything that's been coming out today just reminded me of some of these stories. And uh, one of them was the year in between when he was at Texas Tech and Washington State, you know, he worked for Sirius FM, uh, Sirius SM or XM. Uh, and he used to do the show from his uh, Key West home. And sometimes he'd be out on the back dock. He may not always be wearing a shirt or have his, he'd have his legs in the water or whatever, but he would be doing everything from, you know, from his home in Key West. And, you know, and, and, and he would tell everybody about, you know, what he was kind of looking at or, you know, whatever. Uh, and then, you know, um, another one uh, that, that I'd heard today, and it was, uh, I think it was while listening to, uh, to a local radio station here, and the producer was telling the story, and he said that, um, one, when you know, calling up different guests and stuff like that. Sometimes you may have to go through a handler or whatever. So if it's a coach, you may have to go through the SID office uh, to get to the coach. But they said that this um, this particular uh, time when they were calling Mike Leach, you know, th th they, uh, they they talked to uh, the, the SID, and the SID was like, well, just here's his number, you know, call him up. I'm pretty certain you can, you, you, you'll get a, you'll be able to get a hold of him. And this was like, you know, maybe a few days before or whatever. And they, 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 you know, the producer calls him up, says, uh, 
hey, you know, I want to get on the show, set, sets up the time. And five minutes before he's supposed to come on, calls him up again and asked, well, I mean, didn't think I was going to get a hold of you this quickly. So uh, we can put you on early or, you know, you can hold and wait until your time. And he said, no, 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 I'll, I'll wait. And so you know, producer's like, all right. And then Leach proceeds to start a conversation with the producer and just, just so, uh, well, what's going on? What's going on in your world today? You know, or, you know, just very curious person by nature. And he just asked a bunch of questions. And I think they ended up talking about um, favorite movies and stuff like that before he, uh, before he got put onto the air. So uh, there's a lot of those stories that have happened. Um, there, there's you know, another his, story. His, there's his another story. Game. That, um, so can what? I say something real quick? Go ahead. Um, there was a Go story ahead. that Lincoln Riley put out today. Um, he was talking about they was in their office, and he was on the phone, um, and apparently somebody had called him, and they – the phone got um, the signal fell out and they said that he called him back and he said, who is this? And do you, are you going to be able to speak or something, something to that nature? I can't remember how the whole story went, but Lincoln Riley said that they talked for almost 30 minutes on the phone. And Lincoln said he finally hung up on his old um, flip phone. And he said, coach, who was that? And he said, I don't know. They had the wrong number. <laughs> So he was basically, so he was basically talking to somebody random on the phone for thirty minutes. Yeah, yeah, had right, no idea who it was. Nothing. Yeah, so I mean, Coach Leach, y'all, everybody always talks about his press conferences and interviews and all that kind of stuff. To be quite honest with you, he liked to talk about anything but football at those things. Like he would talk about whatever he. He had he had a business mind. He was, um, you know, most people probably don't know this, but Coach Mike Leach did did not come from a football background. As a child, he as a child he played rugby. Okay, growing up he played rugby, and um, he went to law school and had a law degree. Had a law degree from Pepperdine. Let's let's Pepperdine. go with from Pepperdine. And yep. uh, actually, actually uh, had uh, come home, told, you know, asked his wife, said, I can be happy or I could be miserable and we could be very rich or I can be happy and we can not be rich. And she <laughs> yeah. said, be happy. And that's where he went into football. And that's where he, he that's where he come up with the air raid. Well, <laughs> so, so what happened was is um, mommy, how mommy was looking for an offensive line coach, okay? And mm-hmm. he had two resumes put in, okay? And one of those two resumes was Mike Leach. Mike Leach had no foot background at all. But the other guy turned out the other the other resume turned out I believe to be a fake. So it was left up to Leach. And he literally hired Mike Leach on the spot, and he he turned down going to a law degree 
to work for how much for $12,000 a year? That's that's what happened. Oh, Crazy. <laughs> yep. And the rest yeah. is and the rest is history. Yeah, that's that's what then happened. He got a hold of guys like then he got a hold of guys like Tim Couch, and then Graham Harrell, and yep. Gardner yep. Gardner and Minshew, is, is and and Rogers. <laughs> Dave Aranda is in that coaching tree too. He is. Dave Aranda's there too. Cliff Kingsbury is in that coaching tree at Arizona Cardinals. Cliff Kingsbury. Yep. Uh, and uh, uh, Graham Harrell, who is now what an offensive coordinator. Yep. Right Josh Heupel. So, Josh Heupel played for co- for Coach Mike Leach. Yeah, he at was, uh, at Oklahoma. He was his first quarterback as OC in Oklahoma. That's right. Have you ever seen? The, I guess it's it might be a it might be a movie where the guy asked where it, where Lubbock is, and he says you're the coach from Dillon East. Yeah, that's uh, that's what I was quoting when I said find your inner pirate. Yeah, that, find your inner pirate. Yeah, that's what that I was. Right quoting. there was a that was a legendary. Um, yeah, he had a cameo. Um, when he was with Texas Tech, and he, and he yeah. says, "Man, can you tell me where I how to get to Lubbock?" <laughs> it was pretty funny. You have to see it. I tried to get it to upload. I actually wanted to open the show with that clip. Um, I tried to get it to upload. I might do it for the next show if I can get it to come up. But I tried to open the show with that clip. Um, and I was going to open the show with "Find Your Inner Pirate, Swing Your Sword." That's what I was going to open the show with. Um, but you know, some things to you know. So then he he teamed up with Hal Mummy. Hal Mummy is actually the creator of the offense. Mm-hmm. Leach actually named the offense. That's what I was getting with him and. Then added all of a bunch of stuff to it and was the innovator of the air raid offense. And and they brought it to the University of Kentucky. That's part of the reason why I'm wearing this shirt today. My uh my my brother-in-law was actually on a couple of the teams that um Coach Mike Leach and Hal Mummy coached. Now he was the starting safety and played on the defensive side of the ball. So he, you know, they he he had defensive coaches that he was more close to, and you know, so he he wasn't truly coached by Mike Leach, but he was on the team um, with with Couch. He was actually the leading tackler on those teams. If you look him up, his name is Jeff Zerker. Um, tackler on the 98 team that went to the Outback Bowl with Tim Couch. So, but I've heard a few stories through Jeff um, about Leach and Mummy. Basically, they were both eccentric individuals, little weird, little off. Um, but what I loved about Mike Leach more than anything was 
He was who he was. And he was going to speak his mind. He was going to say what he thought. Um, and sometimes that was not politically correct. Sometimes it was a little off. Sometimes it made people a little upset. But I'm kind of the same way. I speak my mind. I'm not quite as eccentric as Coach Leach was. But, I mean, no, I'm not quite as eccentric, I don't think, as Coach Leach. But, um, you know, Coach Leach was an intelligent human being and, uh, you know, had a, had a, had a mind and, and used it like – you know, he changed the game. I was trying to get Mason to say, so, you know, when, when he went to the Big 12, when he left Kentucky, he went to Oklahoma to become Bob Stoops' offensive coordinator in 1999. And he chose Heupel as his quarterback in 99. And that's how Josh Heupel got his start. And – Bob Stoops had been in Florida, at Florida, while Mommy and Leach was at Kentucky. And Bob Stoops saw how challenging, he was a D.C. at Florida, saw how challenging the air raid offense was. And when he got hired in Oklahoma, when Mommy was let go at, at Kentucky kind of at the same time, and he went to scoop up Mike Leach. He thought enough. He thought enough about what they were doing at Kentucky in the SEC that he wanted to bring that with him to the Big Twelve, or might have been, might not have been Big Twelve at the time in '99. I can't remember. Um, but anyways. Um, he wanted to bring it with him, and that's how and, – and it actually changed the landscape of the Big 12 forever. Back in them days, the Big 12 – I mean, Oklahoma in 1998 only averaged 17 points a game. Everybody averaged only 17 points a game. I'm serious. I mean, and it changed yeah. the whole landscape of college football. And it changed the whole landscape of, of the Big 12 forever. I mean, the Big 12, you go through and you look at all these people that we're talking about, the Graham Harrell, the Cliff Kingsbury, and the Josh Heupels, and the people from Oklahoma and Texas Tech, and, and Baylor does it now. And, I mean, it changed the Big 12 forever. Matter of fact, I was reading an article today – and the article said that probably in the state of Texas that the air raid offense is probably used by 75% of the high school football coaches in the state of Texas. Yep. Yep, yep. That's and and really just, just through, through, through high school – Throughout, you know, America, throughout throughout the uh, the United States. I mean, I would think is the the majority of high schools use some form of air raid or air raid concepts, and it's not just high schools, but college, the NFL, 
uh, the NFL's every used level, it. every level of college too, some form of the air raid, which, you know, as you said, how mummy is the creator and Mike Leach is, is the innovator, the architect. He made it work at yep. three different schools. Um, yep. and everybody kept saying, well, how's it going to be when he, you know, what's it going to be like when he comes into the sec? Well, you know, Year one was a pandemic. He's four and six. Year right. one, he was seven and five. Year two, he was eight and four. Year three, uh, at each other stop, he had made it to at least one 10 win season. Yep. So he had a 10 win season at Texas Tech, and he had a 10 win season at Washington State. And he took a Washington State program that was just absolutely god awful. Yep. Um, He's only had, I think, four total uh, sub-500 seasons, one of those being the pandemic year, which nobody really counts a pandemic year when you have 10 games, all SEC. This is your first time, you know, installing your offense, you know, your, your first year to install the offense, and it's, you know, there, there was no time to do that. And so right. he... uh so he was able to do that in year year one. He had four, you know, he had four four wins. Like I said, it's the you know one of his four sub uh, five hundred years or sub five hundred seasons. Um, year one at Washington State, and then he had two of them with, uh, or at least one or two over with uh, Texas Tech. Um, but there was um, another thing that. Cole Kublik had put out on Twitter, and this was in regards to uh, him covering Mike Leach when Auburn played at Mississippi State, and this was Cadillac's first uh, football game. And Cole said, Coach Leach, Coach, Le Coach Leach finds me before the AU uh, Mississippi State game. First game for Carnell had... Uh, uh, first game for Carnell as a head coach. He says, you played at Auburn, right? Where Cole's like, yes, sir. He <laughs> says, can you introduce me to Caddy? He's had, he has enough shit going on, and I'd like to make this handshake as easy as possible. And, I mean, it's the first time, first game that this guy's ever coached or anything like that. So he's going up there to do the handshake with, you know, with, Cadillac Williams the uh, before the game started and really didn't know how to do it. You know, just wanted to make yeah. it real easy for the guy. And he found Cole, who was doing the game, doing the sideline for the game, and says, all right, let's go over here and walk over here and do this together. Because I, you know, I want to make it as easy as possible for, for Cadillac. So that's, a an, again, another story that, I mean, the dude was, dude was an all-around, you know, good dude. There's that one incident that happened at – at Texas Tech, and you know, I mean, it cost him his job over there. But but he fought it the whole time. He never, he never, right. he he actually sued the university and everything over that. Correct, and there was uh, somebody that had um, either texted into the local radio station here in Birmingham and said that Texas Tech owes Mike Leach two point four million dollars, and 
They said, well, what if they just in, instead just endowed a scholarship in his name? Yeah. And, and, you know, kind of paid it out that way. Right. So, I mean, that would be cool. And you may see any of the universities that he may have had a, you know, a part of, you know, been a part of, whether it's Washington State, Texas Tech, Kentucky, um, Mississippi State, uh, Pepperdine. I can't remember. I think he went to, he went, he got his undergrad at BYU. So, um, you may see one of these universities or multiple of these universities. Him and, him and Mummy started together at like Iowa Westland or something like that was their first. Right. Well, and, and the thing so. I read yesterday um, that he got this idea when, when he was at BYU and Steve Young and them offenses, the way they run their offense. And right. he got this idea that he could make things work with it. And I think, you know, that was a story last night they had talked about that when he was at BYU, he loved those offenses with Steve Young and um, that coaching staff there at BYU. So, and then right. basically he turns around and he comes with Mummy. And after he leaves Mummy, the rest <clears throat> is history. Yeah, I mean, like I said, he went with Bob Stoops and then had one great year at Oklahoma under Josh Heupel, and then he got hired on. And they continued Leach's offense at, at Oklahoma, and Stoops, Bob Stoops won the national title the following year in 2000. And you know what's, what's crazy is uh, another, again, another story about just even the offense itself and how just incredibly simple it was, but incredibly difficult to defend. defend. Um, That's what it was. So, you know, they're talking to, to, to Lane Kiffin and, you know, especially, you know, since Mike Leach's last game was the egg bowl and and said, well, what was it like, you know, you know, going up against him and, you know, you're the last coach to, you know, face him. And he said, Look, I mean, obviously I don't coach defenses, but our defensive players were calling out the plays. We knew what was happening. We were calling out the plays and still couldn't stop it. I was sitting there, it's like the way they lined up, we knew what play they were getting ready to run. And in all honesty, he really only runs like three, four, five plays, and that's it. But he, because of just the way that they're run, that it, it is incredibly it's hard. different motions, different, you know, right. Different, you know, there's all kinds of stuff behind that. Yeah, everybody's moving. Everybody's yeah. moving. And so that's uh that they was set it that up was... different. They may have a back, they may have a tight end, they may have you know what I mean? They set it up completely different as right. well. Exactly. And so that was and just it was just something that, that was just different, you know. So and a lot of times it's the same plays over and over and over. They just mix it everything up. Right. I mean, yeah, that's, that's what you're saying. Yeah. It, was, it was a lot like, uh, I mean, like you could even look at like, say, you know, the hurry up, no huddle doing stuff that was a lot like that, where you're running, you're in the same formation, five, six plays in a row, but there's maybe three plays that you're really running. I mean, you've got the guy that's coming across the, the formation, you know, doing, you know, uh, in motion, you snapping the ball, you're faking it to him, you're faking it to the running back, and then you're throwing it. Or, you're giving it to the guy that's coming in motion or you're giving it to the running back or you're keeping it 
I mean, so when you're running the hurry up, no huddle, you know, with a you know, kind of almost like a triple option right there, there's four or five plays in one one setup and one motion and you don't know what's coming. Well, the air raid is very similar instead of it all being, you know, four running plays and one pass play, it's four pass plays and one run play. It's the exact opposite, but it's the same idea. He basically took right. Gus Malzahn and said, well, what if we made four passing plays and one run play? And I mean, that's what it is. Right. So, and speaking of, you know, this, you said earlier, you know, I was talking about it being run tremendously in, in high school and it's running college. And you said pros as well, a name that I want to throw out. They run this at Kansas city chiefs. Patrick Mahone runs this kind of the air raid offense and they, you know, a few years back, one, you know, the title. I mean, and, 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 and all honesty, like the, the spread, the spread offense for the most part is very much a, a, you know, there are variations of the of the spread that that are that that have air raid you know um, concepts. I mean, you can look at just about any one of the NFL teams, unless you're you know just a just a straight up run the ball type offense. You're you're basically running it. I mean, I, I'm pretty certain that Aaron Rodgers and the Packers are basically running an air raid type offense. Uh, same thing with the Chiefs. You're running an air raid. Uh, what the LSU did when they won it in 2019. I mean, a lot of that stuff is air raid concepts. I mean, when yep. you're splitting the running back out wide to to be a pass catcher, yeah, you're you're running most I mean, likely an air raid. Even type. this season right here, TCU's coach Sonny Dykes is a Mike Leach disciple, right. and the offense that TCU runs with Dugan, Duggan, I always want to say Dugan, Duggan. Just just, just um, think in your head. Teach me how to Duggan. Duggan. Yes, there that's the reason Duggan. why I, can't, I say it wrong every time. But anyway, we don't, we don't you do know, anything, Sonny Dykes runs this and was 12-0, and 0, of course, is going to be in the college football playoff. Um, Lincoln Riley is, is a disciple of Mike Leach. Um, so, you know, two of the teams that, uh, well, I mean, Josh Heupel, you know, in the top, you know, four, five, six teams that everybody was talking about leading up to um, the college football playoff are Mike Leach disciples. Yeah. And while we're on the subject of this, uh, just because I know we're, we're talking about all our favorite memories or all our all the things that we're we're thinking about, but if anybody that's watching or anybody that's listening right now, if y'all got any, you know, memories of Mike Leach or your favorite quote or one of your favorite stories or anything like that, you know, put it in the comments and we'll definitely read them as as they come up. But um, but yeah, absolutely, we'll put them up on yeah, the screen. So, um, yeah. yeah. So just. We want to be more interactive with everybody, so it's just it. You know, we've uh, you know we had uh, Matthew you know comment earlier, and so uh, anybody that does, you know, anybody that has a, a story or you know a favorite, you know, just anything favorite you know, game, regarding, a favorite like, memory, yeah. you know, anything yeah. Re regarding Leach. I mean, look, there are a lot of people that remember that uh, that Texas Tech Texas game back in what two thousand eight, 
I believe it was with Graham Harrell. Right. And that one was a, the Crabtree, you know, Michael Crabtree catch. I mean, that was pretty awesome. Um, well, talking about his time and, at Texas Tech, so um, before Mike Leach, Texas Tech had only made the Cotton Bowl twice in their history. Mike Leach coached them 10 years, and he made it twice to the Cotton Bowl. Yep. All right? Yep. Since Mike Leach, Texas Tech has zero Cotton Bowls. It's, it's impressive. And, All right? Now, you know, also, Mike Leach took Washington State to an 11-win season in yes. 2018. Okay. Yes. Washington State had played football for a hundred and three years prior to that and had never had an eleven win season. And they have not since. Well, it's hard. I mean, look, I'll give them that they didn't play eleven games for a lot of that time, but you know, I mean, I would think that ten win seasons were very far and few, if not zero. Yeah, right. On right. that as yeah. well. The well, other thing true, true. that that I saw about Leach was that uh, he's either one or two games away from being six hundred, six hundred all time. Yeah. Right? Is it one game? I, it, I, was, it I, might I thought it was one. one. Yeah, it but might be. One. Either either way, if it's one game, what what I've heard people suggest is that if they played and they won their bowl game that you credit that to Mike Leach and then that gives him the minimum qualifications to be in the college football hall of fame. Right. So the hall of fame, what he's talking about the hall of fame right now for a coach has a minimum that you have to be 600, 60% winning percentage to be elected into the college football hall of fame as a coach. Mike Leach's record right now is 158 wins and 107 losses. It's 59.6%. Yeah, so that puts them at one game, one game off. Yeah. So, um, and there's already been, you know, today it's been all over Twitter and stuff that uh, either they credit them the win if they win the bowl game or um, that the uh, Hall of Fame makes an exception because Coach Leach has had such an impact on the game of college football um, with his innovation, um, his coaching, and the, and the things that he has done, the teams that he has coached and taken to heights that nobody ever done. Um, and the impact left in the game that is still around and still going to be doing the air raid and stuff for many years to come, um, a lot of people are saying that he deserves Hall of Fame. So that's what he's yeah. talking about. Yeah, I mean, just for the just for the yeah, just for the innovation itself, you know. I mean, forget the fact that he was you know just one game off anyway from being. Yeah you know, meeting the minimum qualifications one win away that 
just the innovation and the reach that he had without any of that stuff still, you know, could put him in just, just for that, just for the reach. So, I mean. So, you know, if you want to be a critic, coach Leach never, never won a, never won a conference title. Not one. So if you want to be a critic, you know, there you go. But he coached teams that were abysmal, and he took them to heights that nobody else could do, including Kentucky, to be honest with you. Um, You know, gosh, you know, from the mid-'80s, under Jerry Claiborne until 1996 when Mummy and Mike Leach got to UK, there was a lot of terrible years from about 86 to 96 for about 10 years. There was a lot of terrible, terrible years. Um, And the innovation – the they're the ones that come up with the the air raid sirens. You know, you score the touchdown now, and you and you hear this air raid sirens and everything. And and um, you know that was all innovated at the University of Kentucky under Hal Mummy and Mike Leach. All of it was. Um, another name that I want to throw out that we haven't mentioned that is a a, a disciple of of the air raid offense and actually played at UK under some of this is Neil, uh, Neil Brown at West Virginia. Right. Neil Brown. And then, and then a disciple of Neil Brown, you've got, you know, the current coach at Troy as well. Right. Yes. John Summerall. That's right. Summerall. So yeah, yeah, Neil Brown took, took the, uh, took the air raid down to Troy uh, and had, Really good success down there, at Troy. Um, and I know, and I, and I don't remember if Neil was part of this, but I know that Troy had some teams that beat some D one schools, like in Oklahoma State, and I believe ooh, there was one other one that they beat. That uh, anyway, Oklahoma State was definitely was was one of them, and I, I can't remember who the other one was. But Neil Brown then uh, then then you know took that success and went up to West Virginia uh, where he was following Dana Holgerson, who, who was is a, a, disciple. A, a disciple of, of right. Mike Leach that right. who was, who was with Leach at Texas tech. And right. so Holgerson, you know, Holgerson, Neil Brown, he's, at, he's at Houston right he's now. At, he's at Houston. Yep. Yeah. Um, so there's again, several different people that are out there that have, you know, that, that, that have been affected or have, you know, that are under, uh, uh, the, the coach leech. Um, so the, absolutely. So those UK yeah. days that I was just kind of reminiscing and talking about. So also Sonny Dyke there as an offensive coach and Neil Brown was a player. Yep. In those UK days, early on in the How Mummy Mike Leach tenure at UK. So, 
Um, you know, just just to throw little tidbits out. I mean, I know John Hammonds. You know, he probably knows a little bit of this stuff too. But um, and not many people kind of give. I guess UK a little bit of Kentucky a little bit of credit when it comes to uh, you know they they basically hired somebody and said come in and and install this offense so we can so we can try to compete in the SEC because they had not for 10, 10 solid years and they had a guy that was on the team by the name of Tim Couch who was the number one quarterback in out of high school and they were trying to run him in a option offense, which was about some of the dumbest things that you could ever possibly do as a coach and in football. It's and- like, it's like, it's like, <laughs> it, it, it's, it's honestly like Jimbo Fisher taking Ben Leard. Okay. Ben Leonard, who followed Damian Craig, Jimbo <laughs> Fisher saying, Why can't you do what he did? And he goes, I can't run. I'll make a comment. I'll make a comment. I know. It was it was some of the dumbest things that you I don't understand. I'll make a comment on this one. There was a game, I think was it ninety might have been ninety four, ninety it might have been Couch's freshman year, sophomore season. I can't remember. It might have been his freshman year. They went to Florida, and they was playing Steve Spurrier. And Florida beat them 73-7. to And they had Tim Couch in the game. And like you said, they was running him in the option. He was getting his – he was. it was sort of like they had him – I don't know how to explain it because it's hard to explain. Is it crash I, test on Yes. I understand, you know, Antonio O'Farrell. I could understand him because he's more of a dual threat quarterback. <laughs> yes. But Tim Couch is more of a pocket passer. And Tim you're, Couch, you're literally he, he didn't have any wheels. And he had an arm. Literally putting him in um, an option package um, <laughs> at one of the, probably the hardest places to play and probably the number one team in the country. Yeah. That, that's a big that's a big no no. Yeah. And that's exactly what they did. And that's what they were doing to Tim Couch. And Kentucky was like, okay, we've got this guy sitting here. He's got the arm. We need an offense. So they went out and they hired Hal Mummy. And Mummy told them from the very beginning, I am not coming unless Mike Leach comes with me and, and brings his offense. Brings this offense. And that's what they did went to UK and, you know, um, well, I Tim got really close to beating Tennessee a couple of times. We beat LSU. We beat out back in them days. Most people don't mm-hmm. remember those type of things. But Kentucky beat Alabama in 96 or 97. I can't you remember. Know, the, I think 97 because I think it was. It was uh, this isn't yeah. a knack on Bill Curry. And, you know, everybody wants to jump on Bill Curry. God rest his soul too, but good grief. (laughs) I mean, here's the thing. Bill Curry, (laughs) he won a championship at Alabama. 
And I think he was just one of those fly by night deals. And it just didn't really work out like it like they wanted it to at UK. Did he did he also coach at uh at Texas A and M? I just want to know. Um curious I believe, minds. I believe so. I'm not I as a head coach? Oh, I don't know if he was uh, a head coach. No, I don't he was a, he was a head coach at Alabama. And a head you know coach why, at, at, you know a head coach at, at, at Kentucky, right? Yes. You know, you know the reason why Alabama got rid of him, don't you? Because he's he not the player. He couldn't beat Auburn. Yeah. Like I he said, I, I was I was I was referring to Tim uh, to uh, to Bill Curry because of uh, his ties with you know following the Bear at at Alabama. And I've heard some wild stories. And about then he Bill Curry, that somebody it, threw a rock into his um, <laughs> threw a rock into his uh, office. In Alabama, I've heard all kinds of stories. Yeah, me too. Yeah, so that's a well. So now, but Bill Curry played at Alabama for the Bear. He did. Right. I just think what my 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 opinion on that situation is: Kentucky hired him on a fly by night thing, hoping that he could re-energize the fan base and get them back to where they was, and it just never. It never happened, you know. They had, had one team. Year. He had the nineteen ninety three team that went to the uh, Peach went, Bowl. Went to the Peach Marty Bowl. Moore, Marty Moore intercepted it and tried to run with the ball and fumbled the ball. Like and, and poor Marty Moore had the, game, <laughs> had the game won, intercepted in the last few seconds, and decided to run instead of kneel. All he had to do was take a knee, and the game's over with. But poor Marty Moore decided to run with the ball, and I think it was Clemson, wasn't it? It was Clemson, yeah. It was Clemson, wasn't it? And Clemson stripped him of the ball, scooped it, and scored with no time on the clock. And that feels like that feels like Freddie Kitchens and uh, Ed Sissom in a uh, in a game at Alabama versus Auburn, where they uh, in ninety seven in ninety seven he. He threw uh, Freddie Kitchens. I can't remember if this was a lateral pass or if this was uh, something that went to to Ed Sissom. Ed Sissom fumbles the ball. Auburn got the ball deep into Alabama territory. They kicked the field goal, won the game, uh, eighteen to seventeen, late in the game. And the offensive coordinator for Alabama was nothing, uh, no, no other than uh, Bruce Arians. Okay, Bruce Arians. Yeah. Yes, Super Bowl winning coach Bruce Arians, Arians yeah. was the offensive coordinator for Alabama when that happened. Well, so Mark, speaking, just Marty Moore might still be around. I don't want to say anything. Marty Moore was the leading tackler and the best linebacker on that team. Okay, but, but gosh, we Peach Bowl won. <laughs> What's amazing and what's amazing about that is I think the only reason they got to a bowl is because they beat East Carolina six to three in the pouring rain. They had they had to barely beat East Carolina. I think they were like that was back when you played eleven games. I think we were like seven and seven and four or something like that. That team was, I believe. I believe believe they were six and five. They ended up six and Were six. They? Yeah, they ended up six and six. I can't remember. Because they played um, 
they played Kent State at the beginning of the year. Or not Kent State, Indiana. I was actually there. That was my first game as a little kid. Yeah. Oh, I, I went to a few games back then as well. I mean, I went to games. I went to games and seen the Jerry Claiborne years, the 83, 84 Hall of Fame Bowl years and stuff. But um, in 93 was when I graduated. I was 18 um, in 93. So I remember that year pretty good. I couldn't remember their exact record. But they got to play in the Peach Bowl, which, you know. Back then it, was a big deal. I mean, it's a big it's deal. Still, it still is, but back then yeah. they just no matter what your record was, they they gave you an invite. Right. <clears throat> but um so anyway, I just kind of got off what we were talking about, but that was the only year that Bill Curry was any good whatsoever at UK. And then he spent a couple of years um with some dual threat quarterbacks. And kind of made switch and everything was kind of the option thing, you know, that I was talking about. And then they brought in Tim Couch and they were trying to make Tim Couch run the option. All right. And it just, I mean, you know, Tim Couch had one of the best arms in college football. Um, And when I said one of, there was only one other guy that, that, could compete with Tim Couch as far as quarterback and his arm in those days, and that was none other than Peyton Manning. They had, some, was, they had some doozy of games against each other. Yeah, that was none other than Peyton Manning. So um, Peyton come out the year before. Tim Couch um, stayed for his junior or was you know was stayed for his junior year at Kentucky. Tim Couch was the number one pick the following year. Mm-hmm. So in those days when Couch was having his stellar years was under Hal Mummy and Mike Leach. And Sonny Dykes was there as well on that offense. Uh, just to throw out some names, because Sonny Dykes is actually at TCU right now and is going to be playing for a college football championship. Um, come, I think the games are December 30th, right? It should be the 31st. I think they're the 30th this time, I believe. Friday? They're on Friday instead of Saturday? I, let me look. I got it right here, but I'm pretty sure the, the first – I might be wrong. No, I am wrong. They, they are going to be on the 31st. I thought I seen yep. – I thought I seen – where it was off this time, but maybe not. I guess not. It is the 31st. That's because if they did it on 30th, it would be on a Friday, and, and there's nobody that's going to watch college football on a Friday. Even though it is on New Year's Eve, the 31st, it is a Saturday, which is a normal day for college football, and why not put college football on its normal day, Saturday? Right, right. Which... That's why all the bowl games, the the New Year's Day bowl games, will be Monday because of none of them are going to be played on the day of the NFL, which will be Sunday, uh, including which I believe really the Rose Bowl, which time. is the only time. It's the only time the Rose Bowl does not play on January first is when January first lands on a Sunday, which it happens this year. This year, right? Or next year, really? Technically, right? 
All right. So to kind of go into that, um, I wanted each of us to uh, kind of exclude the college football playoff bowls, okay, because everybody will want to watch the college football playoff bowls. But our pick six tonight, I kind of wanted to do a um, – each one of us kind of go around and pick your top six bowl games to watch outside of the college football playoff. I'm, I'm not going to pick a top six. I'm just going to put – not in order. They're not going to be in order. They're just going to be six. Well, so, it don't have to be in order. But I'm going to go – I'll go first. Um, okay. The first one that I'm going to give you is um, the Holiday Bowl. Um, Oregon and North Carolina. Always a good one. That should be a really good game offensively. Um, neither one of them really play, play much defense. I mean, Oregon may be a little bit more than North Carolina. But with this game, you got a lot of offensive fireworks. Um the second game, I would have to say, mm, I think Oklahoma versus Florida State will be a good game. Um, you know, you got Jordan Travis, FSU against Dylan Gabriel. Um, that's going to be a really fun game to watch. Um, then I'm going to go with the Alamo Bowl, um, Texas and Washington. I think that will be a really good game. Probably one of the finer games outside of the um, college football playoff. Um, the next one would be the Lou Holtz Bowl, um, Lou South Holtz Carolina, Bowl. Yeah. Notre yeah. Dame. That, I That's just a good one. See, I just want to yeah. see how South Carolina, you know, connects with you know Notre Dame. You got two young, brilliant mind coaches going up against each other, and Freeman and and Beamer. Um, and we'll just see what what happens in that game. I, I like Notre Dame in that game, but I think the way South Carolina's playing right now, I think they got a shot in this game as well. They did lose their offensive coordinator. They did, but I think this will be a, a adding by subtraction if you want to really know the truth about it. Um, I think Satterfield done good towards the end, but I think a lot of fans had pretty much given up on him towards the end of the year. So maybe a fresh will do them some good. Um, how many more I got left? I think two. Yeah. Um, the other one would have to be the Orange Bowl between Tennessee and Clemson. Like, you know, you got young Cade Klubnik versus, you know, a young guy and um, Joe Milton. Now that Hendon Hooker's not in the matchup now, um, I think if it had been Hendon Hooker, I think Tennessee would have had a better chance at winning this game. Um, I just don't think that they have the offense. They still got the offense, but it's a little bit different without Hennon Hooker. And Clemson's got a really good defense too. So um, Clemson, Clemson will challenge Tennessee in this game in my opinion. And Tennessee will do the same there, but Tennessee's defense is going to have to, to really play some ball because – that kid that's standing back there in the pocket, Cade, he's an absolute gunslinger. He can act. He can really play football. Um, I'm trying to see the last one. Um, I'm gonna go this way. 
and I know we just talked about Leach, but I'm going to go Mississippi State and Illinois. Um, you know, today they said that they was going to honor Leach um, at the bowl game with the Cowbells and whatnot. And I think you won't see a team play any harder than what Mississippi State is about to play here in, here in a few, you know, here in about a month. I think that this will energize them, um, that they'll play for their coach, play for his memory, and, and just honor him in the way that he should be honored. And I think Mississippi State's going to do that. All right. John Roberts, what's your, what's right. your six bowl games? I'm definitely down with the uh, – with which one was it? The Holiday Bowl that you were talking about and definitely down with the one uh, with uh, Mississippi State. Um, but a few others uh, to touch base on is uh, one being the Cheez-It Bowl, all right? Because the Cheez-It Bowl is always the stupidest bowl game in the year where it has the weirdest crap happen, okay? And this year, <laughs> this year the Cheez-It Bowl, and I – for whatever reason, just had it, and now I've lost it as well, to who is actually in it. Ah, here it is. It is Florida State and Oklahoma, so okay. uh, you can have all the different people uh, opt out of this game. It doesn't matter. The Cheez-It Bowl is going to be stupid. It's going to have something that you've never seen happen in football before. You should watch this game, okay? Watch it because of the stupidity of the game, okay? The next one is the Texas Bowl, and that's Texas Tech and Ole Miss. And the one thing that you will not see in this game is defense. There will not be defense in this game, and that is what you want in an exhibition game. No defense. This will be just like the NFL Pro Bowl. There will not be defense. People will be scoring left and right. Expect the score to make it to 100. Yes. Texas Bowl. That is the second bowl game that you definitely want to watch. The exact opposite. I want to completely, completely do a, one nine, uh, a 180 in watching bowl games offense and you guys have guessed it it's the music city bowl where there will be exactly zero offense in this game it will be uh iowa versus kentucky and they just watch the just watch the special teams because something stupid will happen in that you know uh, I'm be, like I'm a block kick a missed punt i don't care it will be, be honest with you What's the odds of this game coming down to a special teams blunder with the way Kentucky special teams? Uh, and I bet you that there will be a blunder on both sides. I think it will be hilarious. Yeah. So, all right. <laughs> hey, hey, I've only done three. I've done three. Three. Yeah. I've only done three here. Well, you said two. No, no I said I liked what he did. I did yeah. not say that those are part of my, two, my, my, my six. Okay, okay, okay. I got you. Yeah, there you go. So the Sun Bowl is also one that's dumb. Uh, and we've got UCLA and Pitt. Very much opposites of each other, and I would love to see what opposites do. Most of the time you say they attract, but they will go out there. They both have nice powder blue and gold or yellow, whatever the hell you want to call those colors, and it will be pretty awesome. Uh, just like having the stupid Orange Bowl where you have just nothing but crazy orange, I would love to see uh, 
both of these teams wear their powder blues in this game. Uh, and then, let's see. I know I've seen everything that I wanted to see here. Uh, hell, Washington and Texas in the Alamo Bowl. I know I think you touched on this one, uh, but that one would be a really good one to watch. And hmm, one more. Ah, Dukes. Mayo nope, nope, Bowl. Nope, nope, nope. Sorry, it's it's not Duke's Mayo Bowl. It's the military bowl that has Duke in it. Do yes. I have Duke and 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 UCF, and I predict Duke wins it by two touchdowns. Why? Because Gus Malzahn doesn't win bowl games. <laughs> I don't think he, that, he opts out of coaching that. just as much as everybody else opts out of playing. I don't. I don't think that's the. Um, <laughs> Armed Forces Bowl. It's the Military Bowl. I'm <laughs> reading it right here. here. Man. <laughs> it's the Military Bowl. <laughs> he opts out of coaching. <laughs> he opts out of coaching every every oh, every okay. bowl there's, game. There's an Armed Forces Bowl too. I got confused. That's a that's a, that's a oh, different bowl goodness. game. Uh, and then uh, I. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta love it, don't you? Uh, <laughs> And then, of course, uh, I, I'm going to throw out one that is a uh, that that is near and dear to my heart, and I don't think I'll actually be able to get to watch it. But you know what? We'll see. And that is going to be the I believe. Where did they go? They should be one of the first bowl games. Oh, yep, they are Bahamas Bowl, Miami of Ohio, and UAB. And that will actually be an 11:30 a.m. 11.30 a.m. Friday morning. Oh, it's Friday morning? This this, this Friday morning. Yep. Yep. Okay. I know it go, it's played Friday. Correct. Correct. And then you got the Cure Bowl, too. So, But, yeah, the, those are mine, and they're all for the most dumb and stupid reasons because these are all – these are all exhibition games, and we're only here to be entertained, not necessarily to have uh, the best football to be watching for these games here. Okay, I got you. You definitely threw some of those in there. You had me cracking up. So, All right, so nobody mentioned the Rose Bowl. I'm going to mention no, we, the Rose Bowl. We were, we, got- we, were, we, were, we were not mentioning – the New Year's Six. I know we, you said playoff, but I think we avoided the New Year's Six altogether. Right, right, right. Yeah, so if I you want to jump in with the New Year's Six, great. Well, I mean, he, he mentioned the, <laughs> the orange. So you yeah, know, he with, did. Yeah, he did. He did. With he did. Tennessee and and Clemson. So I was doing my best to avoid the New Year's Six. The New Year's Six. Yeah. Yes. So all right. So you've got Penn State versus Utah. I find it interesting because. Um, Utah opened the season with Florida, and you know there was a lot of talk that they were coming to the East Coast and playing the power conferences. And Utah is the winner of the 12, and are uh, going on the West Coast, playing an East Coast team in the Rose Bowl to finish the season. And I find that kind of interesting. And we'll see what happens. An East that. Coast team that finished, an East Coast team that finished third in their division, ten third. and two, and like 
around tenth in the country. Third. Their two, their two, their two losses came to the other two teams in their division. Yes, that Michigan and beat. Ohio State. Yes, correct. Um, yes, and then and then the uh, another game that nobody mentioned is the Cotton Bowl, and I'm interested in this game just because I want to see what Tulane can do, what the Green Wave can do against Lincoln Riley and USC. And no other reason. I don't. Like I don't if if USC wins this game by thirty, I could care less. Okay. Who who who's playing instead of Caleb Williams? I'm not real sure, to be honest with you. I mean, I don't know if Caleb Williams is not playing. I'm just assuming with the injury that I, he had at the I, end of at the end of the right. I assume he's not yeah. going to play. I mean, but even though he's, it's not like he's opting out of next year. Tulane finished eleven and two, and they are the top ranked. Um, non-Power 5 team. And I just – it's an interesting thing. I want to see how the Green Wave do against the the mighty Lincoln Riley and USC. So that's that's why I'm going to throw that game in there. Um, I'm going to – I'm going to agree with Hammonds on the Notre Dame-South Carolina bowl game, which is the Gator Bowl. No, I it's think the Lou it's Holtz Bowl. The Lou Holtz Bowl. Right? That's right. There you go, Lou Holtz. Um, I think I think it's interesting. Um, the way South Carolina finished the year, the way Notre Dame finished the year, to be quite honest with you, everybody's kind of saying South Carolina, the way they finished the year, but most people don't realize Notre Dame was like, two and three or something early on in the year and finished eight and four and beat, you know, beat Clemson, you know, won some big games down the stretch. So it's kind of interesting that game is. Um, I also agree with Alamo Bowl. I think Texas versus Washington will be a fun game to watch. Um, How many have I mentioned? Keep going. What do you need? Is that, is that four? I don't know. Three or four. All right. So this weekend, I'm going to mention one here. This weekend, um, UTSA plays Troy. And we were talking about Troy being a disciple, a descendant disciple of, of the Mike Leach um system and the air raid system and stuff. And Troy is coached by John Sumrall, who has been a Kentucky guy. And he was up there when Kentucky was doing the air raid and stuff a long time ago as well. Um, and this is his first season. And they are 11-2. and two. Matter of fact, I, I, I threw in the Tulane game with USC. The other two teams that have a shot to finish as the highest – non-Power 5 conference team is the winner of this game, UTSA versus Troy. They are both 11-2 and two as well. So, um, And that game is this weekend. It's on Friday um, at 2 o'clock Eastern time on ESPN. So, And then the last game I'm going to talk about is Mississippi State and their – Real Quest Bowl, okay? It is being played on January 2nd. Again, these would be 
normal January 1st games, but because it falls on a Sunday, they're moved to Monday, January 2nd. And I'm going to bring this up, and this kind of be our last point of the night. Uh, this is our tribute to Coach Mike Leach. This game um, is played in the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The Pirate Ship. Football Stadium. There you go. That's there how you it, go. That's, this that, that's how you end it. That's how you end that, it. That's how you end it right there. It's the Buccaneers, and there's no better way for Mike Leach to go out. If he has to go out, there's no better way than to him right off on the pirate ship. There you go. Now, hey, one more, one more game. Swing your sword. This is this is this is before before you before you do any more pirate stuff because I know that you want to end on that. Uh, <laughs> the 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 game to most likely cause you to gouge your eye out to where you have to wear an eye patch. Cincinnati versus Louisville in the oh, Fenway. Gosh. Yes. Okay. Did did you read my did you read my tweet on that about? Louisville. I did not. I did not. Okay, so, so. Louisville <laughs> Satterfield left and went to Cincinnati. Okay, they're playing. Oh Cincinnati. yeah, that's right. So they're playing. They're playing there. Right. So Satterfield oh. left, went to Cincinnati. They're playing Cincinnati. Well, Satterfield not only did he leave, he took five coaches with him. Okay, and they are completely screwing over Louisville. Louisville has a director of player personnel as their interim coach, Dion Branch, okay? And they have three coaches left on their roster. So what you're saying is bet the house on Louisville. <laughs> they have a all they have a they have a defensive line coach they have an outside linebacker coach, and they have like an O-line coach. They don't even have a coordinator. They don't even know who's going to call the offensive and defensive plays. Bet the house on Louisville. <laughs> I don't know. Neither does, neither does Cincinnati. They don't know who's going to do it either. So. Well, Cincinnati lost their stuff too. But I bet you Satterfield's going to be over there with Cincinnati. It's, it's in the Ohio River. That's where it's at. <laughs> I yep. Anyways, you totally ruined. Ship. I know. You totally I, ruined, I ruined my pirate ship. Uh, God. Can we? Can we? Can we edit that? <laughs> just, just do it in post. Do it in post. <laughs> That's how we can. I, there is no post. No yeah, I've been setting that up and hoping that nobody would say nothing. I meant to, I meant to I interject could, before, as I could, as I could tell where it was going. I was like, "Crap, I'm, I'm about to, I'm about to ruin the ending." I'm sorry, because it was something that I was just, it was staring right at me as I was looking at the games, and I was like, "This is a game that's going to make you want to like not ever watch football again." And that is and Cincinnati. So true. the Cincinnati Louisville game. No. Hey, there's Hammond's back again. Hey, All right. Back. So we're being sponsored by 
Reaper Apparel Company. Um, you can use that code, 10, 10% off. If you use that link, it will help support us. Go ahead, Hammonds. I'm trying to get my dog. He's all over the place. <laughs> oh. All right. Just a few little things here, and then we'll wrap this up. This is our link tree page. I've got this coming up. Um, you can do all everything that we have, whether it be our TikTok, our Twitter, our uh, all of our Twitters, actually, all three of us are on there. Um, we have a Christmas giveaway for a cap logo cap on there right now. YouTube channel, Twitch channel, all that stuff is on there. And we stream live. And then one of the last things that I will talk about here, get this pulled up, is that we are now being featured on a YouTube channel a network called The Real Fresh Channel on Sunday evenings. You can check us out on The Real Fresh Channel. Um, this guy has other podcasts on there at the bottom of the screen. You can see he does pay-per-view wrestling events and sport, sports pods, comedy pods, murder mystery pods. He has a lot of different things on his channel. Check him out at the Real Fresh channel on YouTube or on Twitter. He's on the Real Fresh channel. So, so um, you can check him out there. And, uh, We'll kind of wrap this up. I was hoping to end the show on the pirate, but anyways, we'll uh, go back. We'll wrap go back this to the up. pirate ship. January second, the real Quest Bowl, Mississippi State versus Illinois. Okay, the game is being played in the Tampa Bay Buccaneers Stadium. In Tampa, and you have pirates in the pirate ship, and there's no better way for Mike Lee to go out if he has to go out than to ride off on the pirate ship. Yo ho, yo ho, pirates You're supposed to swing your sword like this, not like this. <laughs> Hey, I was on a phone call earlier. That's why I had uh, I had to log off. All right, man. Swing your sword. Swing your sword like this. Everybody thinking I just run away here. <laughs> All right, we'll wrap this oh, yeah, up, guys. One more, one more thing. I'm not sure if you mentioned it. We have a special January special, January first. New Year's Eve with with Kent with Coleman. I haven't I haven't yet, but you can. It's it's going to be New Year's Eve. That's when the Music City Bowl is and Louisville and Kentucky play on the same actually same day at the same time. Yeah. And the Bar Banter podcast thing. I think that's this week. We've uh, we've pushed that one back. Oh, we've I pushed I didn't it know. Back. Yeah. Yeah, we pushed it back. We got both both sides have got a got a lot of stuff going on within the next couple of days. So I think they're actually pushing back their recording tomorrow um, as well. And we we push them. Uh, probably going to end up waiting until the new year. I've got a few yeah, others well, that are lined up about think, that time too. You got to think too. Right now it's Christmas time, man, and there's a lot of people got yeah. things going on. And, 
Well, some of them have uh, some of them have small children as well. So yeah, what John was talking about on New Year's New Year's Eve, we're planning to have a combined effort show collab show between us and Talking Kentucky um, on New Year's Eve at the same time. Kentucky and Louisville play basketball, and then at the same time, Iowa and Kentucky play at the Music City Bowl down in Nashville. And we're talking about doing a post-game um, show with Talking Kentucky. That's a show that they do normally. They do a post-game show. And I figured they would be wanting to do a post-game show that day anyway. So we're going to, like, join them and kind of collab with them and uh, and join that post-game show with Talking Kentucky. All right, I got a question for you. Serious question. Who has more points? Louisville basketball or Iowa Kentucky combined? <laughs> That's, I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm, I'm really listen. If if there is ever a t- <laughs> if there, you're kidding me. If there is ever a time, I'm not going to say her. Real because fresh channel. I would like to be on that comedy one. There's ever a time <laughs> that, Kenny, that Kenny will put all together for one day this year, it'll be that day. You just hide and watch. I'm telling you, they that's will yeah. shoot. That's what's going to be awful about it. They'll shoot the lights out that day. You will. They they'll throw it in from everywhere, anywhere. I don't care where it is. It'll just. Right in there. <laughs> It'll be just as stupid as the cheese it bowl. Not not trying to down them while they're while, while you're ahead, but I get it's a rivalry game, but this Louisville team is really bad. Like really bad. Uh, but uh, listen, I ain't going there. I ain't talking about it like that. I ain't saying a word. I ain't saying another bad word about this Louisville team until January first. <laughs> I'm just not because I know what's going to happen. <laughs> it's the it's the truth. It happens to Kentucky so many times. Hammond, you know I'm right. You are. <laughs> <laughs> All right, y'all. I'm going to wrap this up. It's been fun. Um, it was also fun talking about Coach Leach. Uh, wished it was under better circumstances or better terms. I uh, want to kind of end the show. He's got uh, a wife and several Four kids. kids. Four. Four. Four kids. Three. Grandkids. His one daughter is an MD, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Um, well, like I said, he was he, he had a, he had a law um, degree, so uh, you know he, he they they were a smart bunch. So he I just ta- want to say class, he taught a class at Wa- Washington State. Yeah, he did. Yeah. He did. Yep. I, uh, I just want to say prayers for the to the family, to the Leach family. Um, I know that they've got a, a lot of stuff to deal with this week. Um, Mississippi State, prayers to, to the Mississippi State family as well. 
Um, they they're going through a lot. The the not just the team. I mean the players as well. Um, you know, having to deal with this, they are supposed to be back on campus on Thursday, um, I believe, and they're supposed to have their first practice on Friday. Uh, this is just after, you know, their coach dies and passes away. So it's got to be a lot on their plate. So just kind of want to end it with that. And uh, hopefully um, you guys will end this with a win and can ride off on the pirate ship in the real real quest bowl. That's how I wanted to end it. Um, so, like I said, find your inner pirate, guys. <laughs>